Welcome to Looking In, Breathing Out. Uncommon reflections on common questions. Hi, I'm Jennifer Davis, yoga therapist, writer, and urban planner. I'm Mara Hesed, yoga teacher, artist, mom. I'm Jonathan Salisbury, actor, director, producer, and composer. In this episode, Jennifer looks at feet, whether they should be bare or shooed. She wonders, should we listen to doctors who say no to going barefoot or to someone who hasn't worn shoes for 20 years? Should we trust our own experience or act on the opinion of experts? My 85-year-old mother fell the other day. She didn't fall on the way to the bathroom or trip over the kitchen rug. She fell in the dog park. Got a pain in my foot, glad I got two. Well, I'm not the kind of person who likes to sit around a mobile. She was behind my sister and I, and we were behind my sister's dog when I saw my sister running in the opposite direction. Mom was on the ground, hands and knees. At least she wasn't face down. And at least she was moving. At 85, falls can be serious. I helped her up. Her lip was cut, and she had cuts on both her hands, but her left foot really hurt. We helped her into the car, and on the way home, I asked her to tell us every detail of what had happened. In this way, dispelling the trauma before it had a chance to take hold in her tissues. She said, The first thing I thought was, Shit, I'm not going to be able to make my facial appointment today. Well, I'm not we had to laugh. Sit around mobile, really need to find me a little hope. So I tell myself, pain, it'll come and it'll go. This is something deep down that I know. Sometimes I feel like it's getting me down because I like to get up, move my body around. I'm a two The next morning, she was bruised. Ugly, black, blue things on her chin and hands. But it was her foot I was worried about. She had fallen at a point where two or three surfaces had come together, grass, gravel, concrete. She apparently hadn't felt the change in surface, or she had caught her toe on the edge of the concrete. Her foot was still sore and swollen, so we bundled her up and went to urgent care, where, sure enough, the doctor announced a broken foot. When I woke up this morning, feeling kind of green, not an envious kind of person, if you know what I mean, but I like to get up, go places in this world. I'm an independent kind of girl. I'm not a baller. I'm way taller than the one footed lady that I am right now. Not gonna let this thing get me down. I like to get up. Now, a broken foot is better than a broken hip. Much, much better. Broken hips can be a death sentence to a senior. I only learned why a little while ago. It's because they have to lay there, not moving. Things get stiff. Already weakened muscles atrophy. Circulation slows. Lungs can fill with fluid in a reclined position. People get depressed. Things start to go downhill, and if they aren't able to get up and about fairly quickly... This can mean the beginning of the end. So, I am thankful that it was only her foot and that it was only a facial appointment she missed. My mom is not your average 85-year-old, 
Not that long ago, she was still getting carded when disbelieving sales clerks wouldn't give her her senior discounts. She is feisty and determined. She beat cancer at 80. She started doing yoga sometime around then, too. What I am saying is that she is not a feeble, falling, mature person. I'm a two-foot girl, don't you mess with me. I'm a two-foot lady, I'm a name Shirley. I'm a two-foot girl, don't you mess with me. I'm a two-foot lady, nearly five-foot three. Probably because I've spent most of my life practicing yoga and then becoming a yoga therapist, a niggling thought kept popping up around this whole event. Why do seniors fall so often? What can we do to prevent that? What is happening with their balance? Or what is happening with their feet? That's where my thoughts focused. The feet. I suspect we are out of touch with our feet I remembered then that a few years ago, one of my mom's doctors told her to never, ever go barefoot. When she told me this, I asked, even in the house? Yes, even in the house. I spend a lot of my life barefoot, and this sounded like some kind of prison sentence to me. I recently asked her about it. What did your doctor say to you about wearing shoes? You should wear shoes. You should not go barefoot, or at least that's what I've been told. And you should wear shoes with a good arch support in them. I asked her what these podiatrists said about going barefoot. Well, I've been to the podiatrist many times over the last 15 years, and so it seems like they've, and a couple of different doctors, so... um it seems that I've had oh, at least at least two doctors long term, and they have both just said you shouldn't you shouldn't. Well, they're not saying you can't go barefoot a little. They're just saying I mean, if you're around the house and you're you know relaxing and so forth, that that's not the big deal. But it's going barefoot long term and you know, being outside, and and besides that, you can easily injure your feet if you're barefoot. Doctors have told her, wear shoes, don't go barefoot. She listens to her doctors. You can say she's a good patient. She's 100% compliant. Mom says, I hardly ever go outside in my bare feet, mostly because I don't want to step on something you know, cut your foot or whatever the case may be, um, which, which is easy to do if you're barefoot. But there are times when bare feet are a necessity, right? I asked her about the beach and walking in the grass, two favorite barefoot things to do. What about walking on the beach? Well, I wear gym shoes walking on the beach. You do? Uh-huh. Since when? Well, I guess since I've had some feet problems. What about in the grass? Do you ever walk in the grass barefoot? Not often. Um, I just not, I'm so conditioned, I guess, to wearing shoes outside that I don't go out there barefoot. I might go out on our front porch, which is concrete, to sit, but I don't do a lot of walking around barefoot. 
So you just feel more comfortable in shoes then? Yes, I do. I feel more comfortable because I feel safer. Mom has had a bone spur in her toe, plantar fasciitis in her heel, tendonitis, and now a broken foot. She does know about foot problems. And then something dawned on me. Was it the same um, foot that was always a well, problem? Well, actually, those things have occurred in the same foot. Hmm. Your left foot? My left foot. Is that the one that's broken? Yes, it is. Now, isn't that a coincidence? It is, and it's it's funny when you think about it, but I believe that it's been always in my left foot. Like oh, that movie, My Left Foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could I could star in that movie. <laughs> now there's there's a guy who knows how to go barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. She's conditioned to wearing shoes. She's just doing what the doctors are telling her to do. Wear shoes, they say. She's had a lot of foot problems, so she's protective of her feet. I'm not saying the doctors don't have a point in some instances, but I'm not too sure their advice is always the best. Shoes can desensitize our feet. They can squish up our toes and change the natural shape of them. They separate us from the earth. And from a yogic perspective, they don't seem to help with posture or balance. If your feet are encased in a pre-molded form of leather or plastic all day, and let's face it, most shoes are just molds mass-produced to be worn by people of differing heights, weights, and gaits, well, then your feet forget how to move. They lose their feelings. Your toes can't grasp, the soles of your feet flatten, and nothing moves around in there. And we know from a broken hip, if you don't move, you lose. I really think our feet need to touch the ground. Toes need to curl and grab and feel real dirt and grass beneath them, or at least the actual surface you're standing on. I am not alone in this foot-forward view. There is a barefoot movement afoot. Some people, even a few doctors, believe it is just plain bad to wear shoes. We came into the world barefoot, likely we'll leave it that way, and all along the way, we walk barefoot or with shoes on. Which is the better way? I wanted to know about going barefoot firsthand, so I went to talk to Aaron Francis. Aaron is a Los Angeles theater person, all aspects of theater, from set design to playwright to director. A very interesting, engaging guy. And Aaron never wears shoes. He only goes barefoot, ever. Aaron let me quiz him about this barefoot approach to life. I asked Aaron if he always goes barefoot. Yeah, 100%. 100%? No shoes? Well, I carry a little, I call them stunt shoes. They're just flip-flops I can put in my pocket mm -hmm. in case some business gets ornery. I asked him, how long have you been going barefoot? I think about 20 years. What made him start removing his shoes? He was working in production making tiny pieces of neon to make a tiny Las Vegas set for a movie. The team was working around the clock, day and night, two weeks straight. They only went home to fall onto their beds. Most time, they didn't even change their clothes. Sometimes, Aaron didn't even take his shoes off. He was that tired. In two weeks, they finally finished. 
Aaron describes that day. We were like, we're done. And we're all like, let's go home. And we all just took off and closed the shop down. And I got home and I took my shoes off for like the first time in weeks. And it was the best feeling to be able to like, your toes could expand and move again. Yes. And they're not squished into that. It was the greatest feeling. And I was like, I remember having this thought, I wish I could feel that every day. And a little bell went off and went ding. I can. You can. <laughs> it's just that easy. You could just never put these on again. Wow. He actually did just that. I asked him about that moment and what changed for him after that. He's pragmatic and a no-nonsense kind of guy. Once he had the aha moment and started to go barefoot, did he notice anything other than the nice feeling of free feet? Did he notice anything else, like in his body or mind? Well, not consciously. Mm -hmm. Like there's no like, well, everything started. It, I, don't, I didn't clock anything. I didn't audit myself. Mm -hmm. But I don't really have any bad days. Like over the last 20 years, I really don't have bad days anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't really have bad moods. I'm almost always in a good mood. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, you know, there's no science behind it. I'm not going to say it's because of this, mm -hmm. but that could be. There's a whole barefoot movement. It says we should go barefoot because with shoes, we are disconnected from the earth, its energy, and its ions. Apparently, barefootedness can decrease inflammation, improve moods, improve health, and our immune systems. Our balance improves, and our posture did Aaron notice any of this? I, I can attest to the posture and the, you know, the, the, just the balance. The, and also, now that you say it, like, I haven't really been sick in that time either. Like, I don't get the flu. I don't get the flu shot, and I don't get the flu. And I don't... I used to get sick every year on my birthday, which is in winter. And I just, no, nah, it's my winter cold. And that gets less and less and less every year. And I it skipped it this year and probably for the last, I don't know how many, but a very long time since I've been, you know, really sick. So, you know, there might be something to that too. But for sure, posture. Like, you know you don't land wrong. When people put these big pads on their shoes, they're like, I can jump on these pads. And then it, you know, your heel's fine. But then it messes up all the rest of the bones in your body. And I can, I can see that happening. Standing barefoot allows you to realign your whole body. It's hard to do that in a pair of shoes because shoes with heels tip you forward. Also, your feet are just plain healthier. Aaron agrees with this. Well, for me and my family, we, we have really bad foot odor problems. And I do not because they don't get trapped in. They get to breathe all day. So I haven't had foot odor in I don't even remember if I did it so long ago now. I probably did, because we all do. At this point, I had to ask him all those questions that you are probably wondering about. Living daily life with no shoes. I asked him about first dates. It's sometimes tough. <laughs> some people are like, really? I thought that was a joke. And some people can't handle it. Uh -huh. And some people well, do. Well, so tell them before. Yeah. Uh -oh. oh, you don't want to surprise somebody with <laughs> walking into a restaurant with them. No shoes on. How do restaurants let you in? Usually they're fine. They are? They usually don't care. Wow. There's no health code there thing. Isn't? No. There's actually nothing about it. There's no laws anywhere. There used to be a driving, like you can't drive barefoot, I but that's, that. that got kicked off the books. So, I know where my foot's on a pedal. Mm -hmm. 
You know how many times I've hit both or the wrong pedal because I've had shoes on? Right. When I was a kid and learning, you're just like, I'm not sure which pedal I'm on. <laughs> you can't tell. So, I, people who drive with shoes on, I don't know how you do it. I just want to stop here because you're also probably wondering, what do this guy's feet look like? Are they all gnarly, thick with calluses, dirty? I can honestly tell you he has, well, beautiful feet. They are smooth, his toes are all nicely spaced, no bunions, no cracked heels, no thick calluses that you would notice. I looked at the bottom, not really even dirty either. There were only a couple of trouble spots for him. I went to Philly to do a play once, and like people always ask me, well, isn't it tough going walking downtown in like LA or something? And I'm like, no, it's real fun. It's real clean. Like the streets are beautiful, almost everywhere I go. New York, clean, nice, wonderful sidewalks everywhere you go. The worst place ever is North Philly. Like there were like people always say, aren't you worried about glass or like a syringe? And I'm like. There's no such thing. You, this doesn't exist. That's in a cartoon that you've dreamt up in your imagination. Uh -huh. But that's not a real thing in the real world. North Philly, there are literal syringes all over the streets. There's broken glass everywhere. There's rubble from buildings that have fallen down that are in the middle of the street. Note to self, no going barefoot in Philly. So I didn't have a choice. I don't have shoes. So I was like walking through North Philly without my shoes. The, I bring up Philly because the house I was staying at Somebody was a like scientist. I don't remember any of them because it was so long ago and it was kind of like happening to me and I didn't really, but they did studies on my feet. They were like so intrigued by barefootedness that they came in and they gave me a bunch of tests because they were working at a college and they were like, let's figure what, this out. Like? How do you survive? Is it your feet are tough like shoes or can you detect what's on the ground and not put your weight there? And they found, it's a little of both, but more, it's the other thing. They did blindfold tests and they put things on the ground and try and figure out what that is with your feet. And they said, my sensitivity was about what most people's hands are. Like you could, like I was like, I think that's a key, laying flat. And they were like, oh. most people's feet can't, they can't tell a key on the ground. Right. They wouldn't even know it was there, much less right. identify it. Because I can grab it and I can play with it with my toes and go, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. So there's more feeling but they're also really tough. So they can withstand, like I've gotten glass in my feet and not know it. You just know by, cause you can hear a scratch every time you step. You're like, what does that sound? There's a little bit of a callus, yeah. but ironically also really sensitive and yeah. can feel. And the cold? No shoes in the cold? It hasn't really been a problem. Actually, I was in New York this winter. I think it was this winter, dead of winter. And we got off the you know, plane to train to train to get to Penn Station from Newark. And it was going from Penn Station, we walked to our hotel, which is like 20 blocks away. And it was, I think it was negative seven, somewhere in there. And I got the first 10 blocks fine. But then I realized I couldn't feel the ground anymore. And I was like, I should put something on because I could, I could probably just do it and be fine and thaw out and put it in a hot tub when I get home, but 
I've never really tested it this far. So I brought uh, snow boots. They're like galoshes, big rubber, and I just threw those on. Just, oh yeah, it's the worst. Like it, it's, it's like dangerous almost because you can't feel what's happening or what you're stepping on or where you are. Right. And when it's raining? Raining is the one time shoes are completely useless. Never ever wear shoes in the rain. Because number one, who likes to walk around in wet shoes? And as soon as I'm out of the rain, my feet are dry. But as soon as you're out of the rain, your shoes are wet all day long. Then I asked him if he got weird looks. Not a bunch. I don't get a lot of weird looks. I get children who will tell their mom, that man's not wearing any shoes. <laughs> and she'll be like, honey, don't. And two nights ago, I was walking through downtown in the middle of the night, and there was a homeless man, and he was asking everybody for change. And I was dressed well. I was going to an award show. So I had a nice suit on, everything. And he was like, hey, man. And he looked at my shoes, and he went, nah, never mind. <laughs> he literally said, never mind. And I was like, brilliant. And one last thought from Aaron. I feel really bad for people that wear shoes, because if you see them without their shoes on, their toes have literally grown into each other. So you'll see that pinky toe has got an indentation in the next toe, and they're just, they've grown a divot. And all of the toes have grown divots into each other. And they, when they hold their shoe up naturally, you don't see that gappage. That gap is what you're supposed to see in our foot. And shoes just wreck that. It's amazing. Yeah, I've, you know, they say that all the time. Like, separate your, and I'm like, how much further? <laughs> yeah, but most people have those little indents. In right, there. exactly. So, yeah. yeah, when I do yoga and they tell me that, I'm like, all right, cool. Cool, I'm already done. Next. <laughs> Mission accomplished. What's that? What do you got for me? There you have it. Two people with diametrically opposed views on wearing shoes. Which one is right? Or are both correct? In yoga, we say there are three ways to knowledge, and not just any knowledge, but the right knowledge, the right perception, the right perception of what we are seeing or experiencing or feeling. The three ways are direct observation, inference, and authentic authority or teachings. The most powerful and accurate of these is our own direct observation. For example, if I see rain falling, I know it is raining. That's direct observation. If I see the concrete wet in the morning, then I infer it has rained, inference. If I have never seen rain before, a teacher may tell me that it rained and that is why the ground is wet. If I believe in that teacher, I trust that they are telling me the truth. That's authentic authority. Good teachers do that. Not all doctors are good teachers. Teachers have limited knowledge. So do doctors. It used to be that doctors told you to stay still after surgeries. Just lay in bed until you're healed. Now they know that the opposite is the case. Get up, move around. 
Nowadays, they kick you out of the hospital as soon as you can make it to the bathroom yourself. Of the three ways, yoga says direct perception is the best. In Sanskrit, you would call that pratyaksha, literally, that which is before our own eyes. But all of the ways work, to some extent. Knowledge does seem to change. Conventional wisdom is just that, conventional and often out of date. But there is an inner wisdom, knowledge that is true and doesn't change. And if we can tap into that, if we can cultivate how to access that, then we will do the right thing for ourselves. We can directly observe something and usually trust it. This would be Aaron's approach. Or we can listen to someone who probably knows better, the doctor or teacher, or in yoga, the guru. That would be my mom's approach. But I am not sure which is better. Direct observation seems to be the best, but I certainly have many yoga teachers whom I've trusted and gained knowledge from. I was writing this and remembered a quote from one of the most well-known, well-loved yoga teachers in the world, TKV Desikachar. He says, Even if one's guru says a certain thing will happen and it happens, that is still imagination, our own thoughts about what it can be, what we want it to be, because it has not gone through the necessary progression, our own observation. When you take the word of the guru for authority, unless you put it through the process of your own discriminative investigation, the mere acceptance of it, even if it is true, just because it suits your fancy, will not make it valid for you. Even the Buddha said, and I'm not quoting him, don't just believe me, try it and see if it works for yourself. I want my mom's doctors to be right as much as I want her broken foot to heal. But Aaron's direct observation for 20 years of life without shoes is pretty compelling too. My gut tells me our feet need to spend some time, maybe a lot of time, without shoes. But then, maybe I'm only inferring this. Maybe I should bundle up all my shoes, boots, slippers, and flip-flops and take them all to Goodwill. Maybe I should try a little direct observation myself. All I know is that when I went to try on some new boots the other day, right after my interview with Aaron, none of them felt good. They all felt too tight, even though they were the right size. They felt a bit claustrophobic. Maybe my shoe fascination is over for a while. Maybe it's time to set our feet free. I'm a two-footed, short-footed, fast-footed. I'm a two-footed, short-footed, fast-footed. I'm a two-footed, short-footed, fast-footed. Where you from? From Cincinnati. This episode of Looking In, Breathing Out was written by Jennifer Davis and produced by Jonathan Salisbury, who also composed the music. To listen to other episodes, access bonus content, or send your questions and comments, please visit us at lookinginbreathingout.com. Thanks for listening.